The Athletic. The tears didn't run down my face. They shot out of my eyes and onto my glasses. I mean, Juventus, I mean, what are they doing? How have they let him go for 15 million quid? They've kept kept Rabiot and got rid of this guy. It's insane. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a, well, I'd call it a special edition of The View from the Lane, the Tottenham Hotspur podcast from The Athletic. I'm Danny Kelly, and I'm joined by The Athletic's James Moore to relive last night's still very fresh memories of that Champions League high drama. Jack is still on his way back from France, um, but we thought we we had to get this done, so it's just the two of us. Hello, James. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good, Danny. Thank you very much. Yeah, we, we will. Um, you know, as a, we'll, we'll review last night's events. We'll have a quick look ahead to Liverpool. Quick uh, update on on Son's injury. Maybe even who Spurs can get in the draw. Um, it won't be the usual because there's just the two of us. We're going for quality rather than quantity here. Um, James, uh, you know, I don't want to be driven by, uh, swayed by public opinion because it's never managed, I've never managed to do that in my life. Um, but I had a very polite and respectful conversation with a couple of fellas uh, yesterday on Twitter who were saying, you've got to be more positive, Danny, on the, on the podcast. Um, I'm very glad that there can be incredibly po- positive. The first half was everything I think is wrong with Spurs. The second half was just uh, a fantastic game of football. And you don't get many endings like that. So um, we'll, co- we'll come round to all of that. Uh, the build-up, everybody okay? I know you had some people out there, including our own friend Jack, between fireworks and um, pyrotechnics and all the rest of it. Um, it all looked very, very exciting, but everybody's happy, well and safe, are they? And the players just lost a couple of hours sleep. As far as I'm aware, yeah. I mean, Jack yeah. certainly is fine. Uh, but as far as I'm aware, there haven't been any sort of massively untoward uh, shenanigans over there. So No, thank goodness. I can see why there was some apprehension on the part of people I, I know there are certainly a few people that were originally intending to go but then didn't uh which I can definitely understand but as far as I know at this stage there hasn't been anything unruly happening right tell me about your your evening uh last night majoring but not exclusively majoring on the second half if you can <laughs> yeah well I'd be lying if I didn't say uh oh sorry I'd be lying if I said I wasn't thinking about that Twitter conversation you'd been having during the mm-hmm. first half uh, that was certainly on my mind that, that negativity, but again, I, 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 we didn't probably didn't talk about this enough on uh, on Monday in reaction to Bournemouth, uh, and to come from two goals down in any Premier League game, I don't care who you're playing against. Yes, of course, it's a big achievement. It happens so rarely, and the fact that the last time it happened to Spurs away in the Premier League was 2010. Given how broadly Spurs have been a decent time, a decent team in the 12 years in between. Uh, it's probably a testament to how rarely that happens and how difficult that is. But to go away in the Champions League uh, against a, a decent team, I wasn't massively impressed by Marseille in either game, really. But obviously, they they've got something. They haven't about got enough ex Arsenal players. They need to get some no, more. They maybe need a few more. Yeah, Arsenal cast yeah. off when Arsenal were really bad. But obviously, they're a decent team, and going away somewhere like that, a bit of a cliche, but it's clearly a big challenge. I, you know, I would be lying if I said when they went one 0 down just before half time, I, I would have given them any hope in Heller coming back. But the performance in the second half was so so good, um, both in terms of like attitude and aptitude. I guess um, you know, in the face of that crowd staring down a barrel of being knocked into the Europa League, losing Son in the first half to that injury. Mm. The the other injuries have already got Richarlison and Kulusevski. We know they're important players as well. Romero. Yeah, Romero missing too, of course. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, uh, to play the way they played in the second half, uh, you know, without getting into the whys and wherefores of why they don't play that all the time. Yeah, sure. We, we, we'll we do that again and we've done it in the past. <laughs> I'm sure but, uh, we will, possibly yeah, next week. Yeah. Um, it, it was just incredibly impressive, an incredibly composed performance, a mature performance, the kind of performance you expect to see from a very, very experienced team in the Champions League. And we know Spurs have been in the Champions League a decent amount in the last mm-hmm. five or six years, but not this team. It feels a very different team now to the to the kind of peak Pochettino team in terms of who's in it. Yeah, I, I, and I'd say I, I didn't expect that from from a sec, from half time, uh, and it was it was just absolutely fantastic. I was uh, very very satisfied with that. I mean, I'll, I'll just say as well that we were in danger of becoming the worst away team in the, in in Europe. Um, that was uh, they'd gone seven without a win in Europe, replicating a terrible run that was had by um, Marseille. Until they won a couple of weeks ago, this craziest of all Champions League groups. I love that chart that people put up showing where the teams were at various minutes uh, during the course of last night. Um, Frankfurt were first, second, third and fourth at various times during the course of 90 minutes. Spurs were first, second and third and so on and so on. It, it was, it was a, a, you know, just one of those incredible, incredible nights. I think we, we 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 would do well to praise. I mean, the team is getting all the praise here. Well done, and it was a, a moment where once again they put a, a massive smile on my on my big old space hopper face um, because is that the sixth time now or seventh time in this calendar year? If you include the um, the disallowed goal last week, where they've scored deep, deep, deep into not just the ninety minutes, but into the into the added on time. So that is something that deserves uh, needs mentioning as well. Whatever, they, however, they're getting into these situations, they are believing and are technically and physically capable of turning these things around. And that is not something you see in very many teams. So I would just to back up what you said. They go to a difficult place under difficult circumstances, and finding a way to do something that was extraordinarily unlikely to happen in many, many ways, um, and to do it um, takes guts as well as the you know got to have the technical ability to do it. It takes guts and fitness and stamina. Now. Um, I know Tim has a theory that Spurs are playing more easily in the first half and I hope to overwhelm people with energy in the second. Um, just on that, there's the running of Benton Kerr, obviously. Um, Hoiberg, the run for the for the winning goal. He doesn't have to make that. They're defending a draw, don't forget. Especially and after Harry he just picks up a knock as well, immediately before oh, yeah. that, Hoiberg. Yeah, and was lying there managing the game, I note. Well, sure. Uh, since I criticise everybody else for doing it, I think it's fair to say um, that, that Spurs were doing that towards the end there. Um, Kane as well, all of them, ju- just amazing. But I, I, I think we have to hear now, you and I have to puff up our chest, stand up to my full six foot two, you will tower over me. James is nearly seven foot tall, everybody. Um, I'm not being sarcastic, he really is. Um, and say, half time, they helped to change the game by bringing on Emerson Royal. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. And he and he, he was certainly better than Cess, bless him. Um, and did, did all right, I thought. Yeah, I mean, he he did the things that you expect Emerson Royal to do, and I mean that in a positive way. Yes. Uh, just offered a little bit more defensive solidity and didn't overcomplicate things. Um, but, he, but he kept the no-look passes and rainbow flicks to an absolute minimum. Yeah, he? exactly, yeah. <laughs> he broadly played him in his own limitations and didn't, didn't mess about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Sessegnon thing playing on the right, I know they switched in the first half, but that that really didn't work for me. I, 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 you do worry about Sessegnon. I, he seems to just be always so close to these like 
breakdowns in confidence that uh, uh, you know both def- both defensively and going forward. Obviously, in that role, you need both of those things in, in your toolkit. Uh, I don't know. I I, I I I worry about that. And playing him out of position, I think maybe is a bit of a mistake. But yeah, saw saw the problem, changed it. Royale Royale did well. Again, not not convinced that's a long term solution in that position still, but. It did a job on the night. The problem with playing him out of position is that it uh, reduced the team in two places because Perisic is completely two-footed, which is a great thing to have, um, but he's clearly more comfortable on the left. Um, yeah. So you end up with both players slightly you know, off-kilter. Now, there may have been reasons to do with a, what was a revamped um, back line and uh, Clement Langley. Um, there's a book, um, forgive me, is it called Winning Their Spurs? It's an old book. You're probably, probably still at school when it came out. And it's just a story. Um, somebody wrote a book about 20 or 30 Spurs players and the day they arrived in that shirt, the day that they, you could say, right, there's a Spurs player. Okay. Um, Clement Longley, um, as part of the second half revival, uh, another one yeah. who just, just go, oh, I, now I see why they might even have, have got this fellow in. Now I see why Barcelona thought it was worth their while getting hold of him. He was very, very good and spoke very sweetly after the game. And we start the second half with a lot uh, of power, much more personality, much more aggressivity to to go to score, and uh, and we play a, a very very good uh, second half. Yeah, second half, a lot more composure. What did it feel like scoring here? Happy, happy because uh, more for the team because uh, we need one point to to be classified, and uh, I score a goal, and I'm happy because uh, it's the goal for the one-one, uh, an important goal for the team, and no more. Um, I support a team, and you support a team who are really good at set pieces. It turns out <laughs> again, yeah. everything I, mean, I knew is wrong. Yeah. And that and that is the thing that Perisic really does bring to the team, isn't it? That delivery from set pieces, not just corners, but that deep free kick as well. And that will get you out of a hole when you're playing badly. I think if you know you have a run of games where you're not playing well, but you've got a, you've got a, more than one player, a couple of players who are very good at delivering the ball into the, a dead ball into the box, and now seemingly a team who have a few ideas thanks to the thanks to the coach. Um, Bio, the man's name is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and obviously they're working on these things on the training ground fairly fairly constantly it makes a huge difference and, and you know uh, I mean I don't think they'd started the, first, the second half brilliantly obviously it was much better than they started well, they or pushed had at up. any to, point to use Hackney Marsh terms they'd pushed up hadn't they giving yourself a chance of winning the ball in areas where you can affect the game and the, and the second you know you ha- you can deliver a ball like that into the box and you have an opportunity to do it as they did from that free kick, then it completely changes the game. Even if they hadn't scored in that moment, you know, if the header had been just off target or hit the woodwork or whatever, uh, it, it would have ratcheted up the pressure on Marseille straight away. And uh, so it's such an important thing to be able to fall back on that. If Tim's theory is correct and they're trying to kind of just stay in games in the first half to preserve energy, when you have that in your locker... You've always got a chance of <laughs> of getting a result when you haven't played well for the whole game. A thought a thought occurred to me. Um, I wish, and in some ways, and you'll have to take this uh, uh, as being in good faith. I wish Tim was here now um, because I, I, you know, I, I'm employed for a number of reasons, and some are emotional, and but I'm not a statistician. Um, people kept saying Spurs didn't have a shot on target in that first 52 minutes. Um, the first half ran on and on, didn't it? Um, I don't think they had a touch in the opposition penalty area. I was no, I watching think, out for it. I think that's right. Isn't it? I think I saw someone tweet, maybe opt ah. to tweet, 
at, at half time, it was like the third time in the Champions League that Zeman oh, had right. a touch. Okay, in so the my my, box. my my senses, my my spider senses, rather than um, you know watching Opta, told me that. Let's leave it no more than that. Um, so the, the, the free kick came from one of our all-time um, world-shatteringly brilliant uh, set pieces. And I'm not being sarcastic. It is great to have a team that attacks corners and things. That, that's, a, that's a brilliant thing. Let me ask you this. Um, and I'm going to ask you about the, uh, the reaction in the Moore household in a second. But um, were you prepared in the last 10 minutes to settle for the draw? Uh, you know what? I wasn't, I wasn't massively tense. I... I, I... I mean, obviously, they had that Kalasanac chance right at the end that he, he really should have scored. Uh, more about the ex-Arsenal players in a minute. But other than that, it wasn't, you know, it was hardly kind of backs-to-the-wall stuff, was it? No, it really did question... feel like they've got such a good foothold in the game that they were going to be able to play on the counter-attack like they did. And but I, my question, have, I, I my, felt my, more my, like Spurs were more likely to score than Marseille in that but last But my question was, minutes. were you personally settling for second place and the possibility of playing... Uh, you know, Bayern Munich in the next round. Yeah, I probably was, but I, I hadn't. I mean, we'll come on to the possible teams we can play in a minute. But I, I hadn't realised quite how stark that difference was between who you could play. And I know it's kind of what you expect, but I, I kind of assumed there'd be a couple more big hitters in that. No, they've all pop. dropped into the Europa League. That's been one it of the is. themes of this season. Yeah, if you, if you're a regular listener to Trans Europe Express on Talk Sport, you've heard this discussed with great eloquence on Sunday night. <laughs> That's good to you get plugged in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I know. So I think PSG can still drop in, can't they? If they, if Benfica get a better result than them, I think tonight. Obviously, that people that may have happened by the time people listen to this. But other than that, I mean, Dortmund or oh, Inter, I guess as well. I mean, that'd yeah. be the one you want to avoid, I guess, just because you played them so many times, and they're obviously going to be one of the better teams in that pot. Yeah. Um, can't play Liverpool. Can't play Frankfurt. Club Bruges are in there now. Dortmund and Inter are there now. Maybe Salzburg. Maybe Sevilla. Look, your initial statement about this, whatever about the individual details, there's still one game to go for various reasons. Um, It is clearly uh, monstrously superior to be in pot A rather than pot B uh, for the draw, which I think is Monday, isn't it? We'll, uh, We'll do the podcast immediately after the draw. Um, and bring you the uh, the good, hopefully uh, good news. So that if you were okay, you hadn't realised it was quite so important and you're settling for the draw, and at least we're going through, because there were times, of course, yesterday when they weren't going through. Um, James, you, you're a fellow who has um, a reputation that you carefully burnish, I think it's fair to say, of being uh, slightly um, curmudgeonly. Uh, is that the right word? Or I would not, say... N- not easily impressed by the glitter and glitz of, of everyday life. I would say emotionally cautious. Okay, well, that's a, that's a very nice way of putting it. Tell me about... I'm, I'm really genuinely interested in this. I'll take it you're watching this at home or in a pub or something? No, I was watching at home, yeah. Right, you're watching at um, home. Are you are you on your own? Is there anybody I, else? Yes, that, I was watching right, at home on my own, right. yes. Tell me your reaction, physical and mental, to the to the winner and, and to the sort of 30 seconds before that and after that. Oh, uh, I mean, obviously very exciting, but clearly due not only to the events of last week, but basically having watched football over the last four or five years, just expecting the VAR call. I'm waiting desperately for that uh, first replay. And I feel like, I don't want to have a go at BT Sport again because I had a go at them last week. I feel like they really delay when they show that replay. Uh, and he was obviously miles on side, Hoiberg. There's absolutely no You can no never issue. do, you, you're right, you want your mind, I a small just want to see a, a freeze frame of the moment the pass is played just to be sure and they wait for ages and in fact I think they uh, the referee blew the full time whistle before 
they showed even the first replay of the goal. Fine. Yeah, it, you know what? It really was one of those moments. And again, I don't want to go over our ground because we talked about this last week. It really was one of those moments that underlined how shit VAR is because I didn't celebrate that goal because I was half expecting it to be disallowed. And it's a, ma- it's a massive difference mm. to, mm. you know, having seen those teams in those two parts. And that, obviously, we know it can still change at the moment. It, it could be a huge difference. You know, aside from anything else, it means you play at home second. Obviously, quite a big chance of playing a quote-unquote weaker team, although they've played weaker teams in this group and made a bit of a meal of it. Sure. But, you know, it's three months until these games. It's ages away. <laughs> uh, it, you know, things could look so, so different for good or for bad. Um, oh, Sol- Salzburg and, could, could beat the new Napoli, although they, could they lost last night as well. So, yeah, I, I mean, look, we, we, look, it's it's such a long time away now. It's bizarre that it's three months. It feels absolutely crazy, given it's, you know, these last six games have been crammed into, what, eight weeks, I think, nine weeks. So to say the next games won't be until mid-February now, it feels absolutely mad. But I, I, it, it, look, it, it, you and I have been broadly quite negative about the way Spurs have played in the last the they play, six or yes. seven weeks, playing yeah. results of the way they yeah. played. If this kind of theology, this theory is right and they're trying to kind of preserve themselves to get themselves into a different position for this mid-season break for the World Cup and then they're going to come back in mid-December maybe slightly fresher. Kulazewski, we hope, will be back by that point. Obviously, one or two of the players that have gone very deep in the World Cup, a couple probably won't have done. Maybe could be quite rested physically, if not emotionally. Maybe things are very different in the second half of the season. If you're if you're third in the Premier League and in the last 16 of the Champions League, a seceded team as well, I, I don't think anyone could have argued or, or wished for more than that from the first half of the Spurs season or the first third of the season, whatever it is. That's a very emotionally cautious answer as well. Thank I mean, I, I try not to look at Twitter too much during football matches. Um, I like to concentrate on the game, actually. Even I'm watching television, I have the sound up very loud um, and I stare at the television very intently. Indeed, um, you know, since the last 25 years, even I'm at a football ground, I tend to watch the game um, like a, a sort of retired professor stroking my chin. Um, but uh, obviously, uh, uh, great excitement to go in. Now, I didn't, um, as I did after the, the, the uh, Lucas Mora's goal in Ajax. I didn't burst into tears. Um, and that was, that was an interesting one because um, I wear spectacles. Uh, people can probably hear that. Um, and the uh, first time in my entire life, and I'm, I guess I've led, led a very sheltered life, uh, J- James, the, the tears didn't run down my face. They shot out of my eyes into and onto my glasses. What? They literally shot horizontally out of my eyes, um, such was the force in which they came on. That, that um, reminds me of, uh, and this is a reference that won't mean anything to our American listeners, but you know that Walker's Crips advert with the uh, spitting image of Gaza? Yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what it's like. Yeah, right? that's what it was. Yeah. Um, it wasn't quite that, but uh, and I also ha- I had to be a little bit respectful because the Arsenal supporting lady wife who just made me a lovely dinner um, is, is sat there on the sofa. Now she doesn't, she for the sake of marital harmony, she doesn't want Spurs to lose. Um, she knows better than that. Um, but I don't expect her to celebrate like me. Um, I, I'm currently nursing a, an older person's dodgy knee, so I couldn't jump up in the air. But I'm, I hit the I hit the sides of the armchair I sat in with tremendous force, and I've got slightly bruised heels of my hands from from that I mean you can't you can't can't not be excited and unlike yourself and I do take your every single scintilla of your point about 
um, VAR, I knew. I just, I mean, Telly wasn't yeah. going to be put, pulled back from offside. You could hear he was onside. I could see you. I he could sounded onside. He was, he, to, to my ears, he sounded massively <laughs> onside. Um, but I, I remember thinking, as you know, often you see the, the moments as games unfold in very slow motion. Skip intercepts there the ball and it falls to Harry Kane. So Gunduzi gives the ball away. Let's get it right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll come on to the, to the contributions of certain <laughs> certain former employees of the other end of uh, of, of the Seven Sisters Road. I've been out in London so long; it took me a while to pull up Seven Sisters Road. That I was brought up on the bloody thing. Um, Gunduzi gives the ball to Skip. It bounces to Kane, uh, who I thought was titanic in the second half. I mean, I yeah. know Benson Kerr and Hoiberg were as well. The other thing that never gets talked about with him is his strength. He used his strength to extraordinary yeah. uh, good use in the, in the course of the second half, including, of course, making himself strong so that the slightest touch puts him over. Um, I, I get that. I know why it drives other, other people mad, but um, the way he held the ball up, um, it, was a 19, it was a 1970s centre-forward performance um, by Harry Kane. But I fully expected that he would then use what remaining energy he had to hold the ball or try and head for the corner because um, I didn't it didn't occur to me to say they were going to try and win the game necessarily but I think his mind was made up for him by Hoiberg's run and as yeah. you say Pierre Emil had been lying on the pitch I think he was genuinely got a knock but he also was making sure he's wasting plenty of time to to have the knock attended to that run makes up Kane's mind for him and as you say he then plays a pass into the vague direction of his colleague and even then you think right Hoiberg is going to slow this game down now and this is why, yeah. when I was asked on an American radio station yesterday, once again to describe what I consider to be the word Spursy, and I know what they're trying to do is to get a Z-list celebrity football fan to slag off their team because that's what gets hits and all the rest of it. But I won't have it. I My definition of Spursy is right, and that is things like that where your central defensive midfielder decides after 99 minutes of play that he's going to hobble on one leg forward and then lash the ball like Ronaldo um, past the goalkeeper. That's Spursy. That's what that shirt is. Um, and when Kane played the ball through, I thought, hey, what's he going to do with this? He's going to turn back. And he didn't. He kept going. And despite the best efforts of the defender, who was also, don't forget, running on empty, and so credit to him to cut the angle down, lamped it past the goalkeeper. Just a beautiful, beautiful moment. Saw palms today from hitting the armchair, but very, <laughs> but very glad I've got them. You're right. I mean, I expect from the way his kind of body shape changed, it looked like he was going to like make a beeline for that far corner flag, mm-hmm. didn't it? But he just got that shot away at the last moment. Um, that's an amazing finish. Yeah, and he deserved I mean, also, it. Also, he could have scored earlier in the game as Absolutely, well. Absolutely, because the one, because hit, the one hit crossbar, you, you don't know. His confidence may have been up because he put a good effort within um, where Lucas Moura, I, I hope I'm not being unkind, made his really his only contribution to the game was that little little setback for the uh, for the for the shot. Um, he, he both looks rusty. Uh, is it possible to look both rusty and exactly himself running into it will always will always have Amsterdam, but he, he ran into other players. He did two pirouettes which run him into a third defender. Um, it was it was frustrating. But then a lot of things that happened in that first while, the first half, were very, very frustrating. If I can just throw one more thing in, I would say I, I was I was really impressed by Basuma in the hour of the game that he played. Um, and I think from looking at Twitter, which I was, I know you weren't, uh, at the point that Son went off, a lot of people were saying, this is the moment to get Hill on. 
he's the only other player who who can do anything with the ball that that will allow them to like create chances. And obviously, Basuma comes on, and I think that as we kind of mentioned before, allowed Ben Tanker and Hoiberg to kind of get forward a bit more. Uh, but I was imp- like impressed with what he did with and without the ball, Basuma as well. Like his distribution from midfield was pretty good. Uh, and he won it back quite a few times as well. He's big, strong. A few like nice turns to get out of tricky situations. So, yeah. Uh, just just for that as well, I've mentioned, because he had a couple of iffy games recently. And mm. I know, you know, we were kind of dragging into the season. It's not quite worked out for him yet. But I no, no. In, and in, in, in probably the biggest game of the season up to now, I thought he did very well. And there were a couple of moments where the ball bounced off him awkwardly. And you, but then you, you have to be honest and say the context of that was that it was quite a chaotic game at times as well. Um, as they as the momentum, you you rarely see that. You see games that are end to end. You rarely see a game where the momentum sh- shifts completely from one team to another. And for that to happen, there has to be sort of ten minutes in the middle of it. And I love the way the TV commentators retrofit that and say, "Well, of course, um, we could see that coming." Well, somebody might have said they could see it coming. Really, I mean, I know that they always hint that there's a momentum change. But Sumer was it was important to that. You're absolutely right. Tudor's on the pitch, the coach. Harry Kane plays it through. Hoybier's in. Hoybier shoots and Tottenham are through. Tottenham Hotspur are through to the last 16 of the Champions League. Um, look, I don't normally pick on the uh, the local rivals at this stage, partially, of course, because I don't want my dinner putting in the bin. Um, uh, but uh, why, why won't people learn? I mean, I know that it's the way to get followers and hits and all the rest of it and clips on YouTube um, and blue ticks that you're soon going to have to pay for and all that. Um, but after the game, I noticed the running commentary from supporters of particularly Arsenal um, going, and there was one who'd put up several, and if you're, good morning to you, sir, if you're listening, or madam, whichever you are. who um, put up a picture of the four Arsenal players, uh, Arsenal connected players, one of them is still an Arsenal player, in the, uh, in the Marseille team. And he said, as it stands, Arsenal are knocking Spurs out of the Champions League. Mate, I mean, I presume you go to football games. Have you never been to an actual professional football match? I, I would presume not, by the way. <laughs> the thing goes on until the referee blows the final whistle. Or as in the Rugby League World Cup that I've been keeping an eye on, a massive hooter sends you scuttling towards an air raid shelter. But why? I mean, honestly, what do people get out of that? Because you only stand to make yourself look an utter mug. Is that right? Look, I told you, I'm emotionally pessimistic, or whatever it was I mm, said before. Sure. I would never be bold enough to do that in the middle of a game. Um, but yeah, you're right. Particularly a team with a track record of coming from behind, playing against a team, this Marseille team, who are on a pretty bad run, actually, at the moment. Um, yeah, I, it's crazy. But then you're right, you know, if your only interest is getting retweets, then you've got to get them when you can, right? Yeah, got to catch them while they're hot. Uh, exactly. That was a hot take. Um, of course, I enjoyed it more than I should have done once I saw it. And even this morning, um, when I got up, the first thing that came up on my phone was a repeat of that tweet, and I warmed my hands on it a second time. Deep breath, because we don't want to go on too long, because it's just two of us. Um, we'll, uh, we'll, have tea, we'll have a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear Jack's view of the game. He sent us a little message last night. You could tell he was exhausted by... Um, he, his voice even sounds tired from the exhaustion of, of the day's events, and particularly that hundred or so minutes of football um, and we'll have a quick look ahead uh, to the game against Liverpool which I think is very hard to predict now because I have no idea how many of those Spurs players will have recovered by the time the game comes around on Sunday at 4.30 you'll listen to well James Moore obviously in high dudgeon and me Danny Kelly here on The View from the Lane 
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Hi everyone, it's early Wednesday morning here in Marseille. Uh, I'm still kind of exhausted actually after the game last night, which I think was one of the tensest and most dramatic games I've ever been at. Um, that's certainly how it feels at the moment, just in the sense that all potential outcomes were on the line all the way through. And it was only really the Hoybier goal right at the very end which settled the game and of course the standings in Group D. So ultimately I thought it was a game which showed us really the extremes that Tottenham put you through at the moment in the sense that it was a very, very recognisable first half with that lack of intensity and ambition, not really controlling the game, looking a bit like the game was waiting just to happen to Tottenham, uh, which is certainly something we've seen a lot recently. And then this amazing second half comeback, which I thought was a huge display, I mean, certainly of character, given the atmosphere and the stakes and everything, but also physical energy. Like the the running that Benton Kerr, Kane, Hoiberg and Perisic got through was incredible. I thought the experienced players really stepped up, but it felt you know Tottenham did look like a very experienced, canny, clever team in that second half. Of course, you know that Kalasnach header on about eighty eight minutes was a kind of deeply terrifying moment from the press box, as I'm sure it was for all of our listeners. But that was really Marseille's only proper chance in the second half. Like I wasn't overall, I wasn't that impressed with Marseille. Um, I thought they had a really bright first 10-15 minutes, but after that it became apparent that they wouldn't really threaten that much from open play. And then of course that Hoybier goal at the end gave it its kind of mini Ajax feel with all those turquoise shirts down in one corner of the pitch and all the home players slumped on slumped on the grass. Um, there's one concern, or one new concern, it would be what appeared to be a facial injury or potential concussion for Son, um, which we... Well, we'll have to wait and see what Tottenham say about it today. But overall, I thought it was certainly a great night, a real privilege to be there, a very brave performance from Tottenham with some big individual performances and best of all, a place in the last 16 as a seeded team. So I'll see you all in Bruges. Yeah, Jack, as I say, sounding a bit uh, physically weary, emotionally drained after the events. I mean, you know, I know he's one of your uh, go-to reporters uh, there, James, and has a, a lot of awards and universal recognition of his talents. Um, but to get to do that voice piece and not mention Rodrigo Bentancur and Harry Kane, very poor, I thought. Yeah, really, really bad. Imagine like talking about that game for that long and not and not mentioning either of those two people. But, but the, the good thing is, Danny, we can do that now. Uh, yeah, we are of course teasing uh, poor old Jack here because we we meant. I mean, I mentioned Kane, but they're they're they're, they're the two I think that deserve a special mention from last night. I would say so. Yeah, I mean, look, look, Kane. I thought in the first half actually. Uh, up to half time, I was thinking it was one of his worst performances for Spurs. But I mean, obviously, like when you're playing as a centre forward, not getting the ball, having to drop incredibly deep to ever get anywhere near it, it's pretty difficult. Second half, though, as you were saying before, like his strength is so it's, it's unbelievable. And I, I know there's a suggestion he's a bit of a diver, and that's and I mean that's entirely unfair. But he's very good at like riding the challenge and turning and holding off until exactly the right moment to go to ground. 
And he's getting fouled for like 30 seconds sometimes, like dragging the defender along with oh, him. Oh, often, right. often, he, often like he's waiting to get, move the ball at half a yard to the left so they get a better, they get a better angle for the free kick. A slightly better angle, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Um, but yeah, I, and, and Ben Tanker, I mean, is clearly now one of the most important players in this team. Um, obviously made a huge difference at the weekend when he came on. His performance, again, like Kane, not really in the game in the first half at all. Second half, just completely around the show. I think we've seen more of him like in the attacking third in the last couple of games than we have done in the whole year up to now combined. I, just, I mean, Juventus, I mean, what are they doing? How have they let him go for 15 well, million quid? They've kept, they've kept Rabiot and got rid of this guy. Oh, no, it's they, insane. They are, they are one of the worst run clubs in Europe. And as we saw with their, their results last week in, the, in Serie A, where one of their, their good kids came on and scored, their kids are carrying the team now while those incredibly expensively assembled and paid um, senior players are... Ah, look, I don't want to use the word disgrace because I don't watch them with this quite the same beady eye as I do one or two other clubs. Um, but from what I'm getting back from Italy is that they're freewheeling around the place. And so it's not a surprise that they should let players go um, who turn out are really, really, really good. Um, and it's a lesson for us all, isn't it? You know, there's a, there's a there's a a feeling that if somebody is a not doing so well at club A, um, when they come to your club, then um, you think, oh, really? But of course, these are all top professional footballers who need the right environment, and particularly the younger. You know, Benton Kerr and Kulusevski are still still on an upward curve, an upward trajectory in their careers. And if you can get them into the right environment, you can see there are still bargains out there. The only other thing in, in Jack's uh, voice note was that he, he wasn't certain the nature of Son's injury. Now, um, afterwards, there was a picture on the, the, the dreaded Twitter um, of the team celebrating in the dressing room. Um, and he was, on the, he was on the far right-hand side, stage right. Um, and now, of course, a camera can catch you. We all know that you can get caught by a camera uh, in an unfortunate pose. Well, while the other, every other player was staring down the barrel of the camera and giving it maximum grinning, he was caught looking like somebody who who was, um, uh, how can I put it, was about to, uh, in, in the motion of going down, having been hit by a boxer. And I hope this is not an inappropriate um, uh, metaphor, but I think I suspect that it was just the moment he was caught. So they'll have to work out whether what he's got is a sore eye, which means he'll be fine for Liverpool, or whether he's got a concussion, in which case, of course, they must not risk him under any way, shape or form or pretend it's not there and all the rest of it. It's one of my one of my hobby horses just now, uh, James, sending people out, out to play professional sports with head injuries. And I know yeah. this is not, not an original thought, but they, it, I keep seeing examples of it happening in front of me. But it's not in the Premier League like the, uh, in the last like few days, right? Absolutely. Um, I mean, obviously, he has gone off, so they have made the right decision one way yeah, or another. Yeah. Whether or not he has concussion at, at the time we record this seems to be unclear. To me, it looks like a, a like a proper whack in the face. So I'd be more worried about sort of yeah. eye socket Hair or cheekbone or whatever. Of eye yeah, or whatever. Injury, yeah. I mean, obviously, it doesn't mean you can't also be concussed. Um, so yeah, we'll have to wait and see whether or not. <sighs> I mean, my guess slash prediction would be that he probably won't play against Liverpool. It yeah. seems, yeah, that's on it. the basis of that. I mean, it seems unlikely. Uh, is he going to play in the World Cup in a mask? That could be exciting. Uh, the, 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 the World Cup. I mean, if you're the Uruguay manager watching the effort Benzema's <laughs> putting in there, you're going save a little bit of that for Fede Valverde. 
let's let's leave the Doctor Tottenham thing out because uh, the Doctor was very much only temporarily um, at work yesterday. Um, Marseille have had a very poor run at home, and you could have, in a normal run of things, if they Spurs had lost, we'd have said, "Oh, Doctor Tottenham." Or, let's leave that out with Liverpool. They're uh, having a difficult moment, particularly away from home, but they're not a bad team. Let's not kid ourselves. Bookmakers still make them fourth favourites for the Champions League, for goodness sake, ahead of Real Madrid. Um, although those are British bookmakers. Liverpool will, will be a real challenge for Spurs. And at the moment, you know, there's no sign of... Uh, Kulisewski's making his way back, but I doubt they'll risk him. Um, who no. knows with Romero, who seems to miss as many games as he plays, much as we like the ones he does play. Um, if Son doesn't play, we're looking at a... Um, one hesitates to say bare bones when you've got these squads of players, but we're looking at a, 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 slight, a much reduced Spurs side taking on Liverpool. Well, I mean, it would kind of be a bit like the game last season at, at Spurs against Liverpool just before Christmas when, uh, I mean, Kane and Son both played, but I think there were quite a few players. It was an entire midfield missing, maybe. They're like next to no one playing midfield. Deli Alley came back into the team out of nowhere. Um, obviously, it's before Ben Tenker signed, but maybe Hoiberg was out as well. There were definitely quite a few players missing for that game. We need Charlie Eccleshares. Um, yeah, Charlie would remember. He, he would have known, yeah. yeah. He would definitely know. Yeah, it's it's obviously going to be a bit of a, a challenge. I suspect they will want to try and get as close as possible to the team that finished that game last night. Um, yeah. So you would expect like Basuma to come in, I would have thought. And it's not just Son, is it? I either obviously Ben Ben Tenka obviously had a little issue with his hamstring during the second half. Yep. Boyberg, as you're mentioning, the ankle before the goal. Either or both of those, maybe well, we'll have let, to choose let, this week. It, I mean, who this knows? Is where it, this is where you get down to. Well, let's say they were both out. Skip obviously takes one of those places alongside Basuma. Then where are we? You know, um, our depth chart, as they say in American sports. Um, you know, every club um, has in their mind now two players for every position. Uh, that's the ideal. Um, but the truth of the matter is. Uh, sometimes it looks like you need three. Um, we'll see. I don't, I don't want to be, uh, again, I don't want to be pessimistic about what might happen against Liverpool. I still want to ride um, this wave of optimism following that fantastic um, result. And, you know, um, how many games have we got left now to the World Cup? Home three to left. Home. home to Liverpool, away to Forest, home to Leeds. Right. So if Spurs. <laughs> we want to talk about a weekend team playing in that Liverpool game. Imagine what the team against Forest is going to be like. Yes, that's the that's, that's a cup game. So we've got two more yeah. Premier League games. Um, I'm going to say this uh, with the genuine hope in my heart they get six points, but if they got four, that means they would get to this wretched World Cup um, break with an average with two points per game. And if you if you'd offered me that at the start of the season, um, you would now be uh, standing there with one arm because I'd have the other one in my back pocket. Uh, uh, four, four points and out of the League Cup. Is that, would you rather have that than four points and through in the League Cup? I, I'll be almost tempted to say yes. Hang on, you're offering me the same number of points. Uh, obviously, Yeah, I, but, but would you want, want to be in the League Cup or out of it? Would you prefer to be out of the League because Cup? Because you only need to win four games, I'd prefer to be in, in it. I just worry about what that's going to do to the schedule in, the, in that sort of January But that's because you're emotionally well, cautious, game, my friend. Well, it's another game immediately before Christmas as well, isn't it? Sure. That'd be the one that I think could be a bit sticky. Well, um, in, in that case, you know, he has the option of putting out a weakened team. And I, I, as you say, I, I wouldn't... It might, it might not be an option on Saturday to be fair on Sunday. No, so. uh, absolutely not. Um, so if they can if they can get six points, great. Of course, we'd all want that. If they can drag four points out of those two games, as I say, I'd be, I, would, I would stand in front of Antonio Conte and say, well done. Um, and people think, I've got, I'm, I'm not anti-Conte, I'm pro-football. What an evening. Um, what a joy. Um, 
I'm going to leave. This is a new thing for me because it's just yourself and myself, James. And I'm very glad of your presence. I'm going to leave the last word to you about uh, oh, wow. about last night's events. Sum up what it means for the club, if you can, um, and you know, your own personal recollections of just just feelings that we're now you know, having made a, a a difficult group look even more difficult. They're through. I mean, that, that you're right. They've made a real meal of a group that I think we said was tricky, but one they should win. But in sort of narrative slash emotional terms, is it not kind of almost better to do it the way they've done it than just win the first four games and then play the reserves in the last two games? I, I, that, I mean, obviously, like looking at the injuries and whether for this Liverpool game, obviously it's bad. But in terms of like the excitement and what it, like the roller coaster of the whole thing, it's been really good, right? It could it could have been quite boring if they'd won the first four games. So actually losing in Lisbon, ruining my holiday, was actually good in the end. The surrealism of if they'd won those first four games. It would have been rubbish. <laughs> if UEFA had allowed that goal last week, we wouldn't have had last night. I know. I know. It's mad, isn't it? That's the best moment of the season so far, it's right? It's absolutely Probably. bonkers the way uh, football works out. And of course, it's the reason why I'm sat here um, in a T-shirt and headphones, no trousers, um, this is the reason why you do what you do for a living. It's the reason why people are bothering to download this and listen to it. Um, you're absolutely right. Um, the roller coaster. And I see people say, oh, I'll have a heart attack. No, you won't. And what it does is keeps the blood pumping around your body. When that goal goes in, I, I, don't, think I've, I, I don't think I've felt better for months. Um, and is it the best Spurs moment since Amsterdam? I think Leicester takes some beating because of the... the, the Bang, bang of the two goals. But Mate, yeah, I guess it's so it's such a, a unique thing to see two goals that late in the game, I that, suppose. That's that the was. only thing. And I, did, and I can only measure that by saying I did jump around the living room when that happened. And that so is, those are the, those are the words I want to hear. I want to, I mean. It was such a big moment. I wasn't even thinking about VAR. Yeah, it was great. Um, we enjoyed it. Um, well done, everybody. But well done, the players. Um, because, you know, in the end, they they had to raise themselves from the, the lethargy of the first half, and they did it brilliantly. And well done for pressing on to get a winner when you could have done the other thing. Um, and well done to you all for downloading this, and I hope you've enjoyed this to as much as we've enjoyed doing it and enjoyed recollecting the events in Marseille. I'd say the draw is Monday. The next podcast will bring all of that to you. Um, remember, if you're not already an athletic subscriber, you should be, and you can sign up to read all the brilliant Spurs coverage this season, as well as everything else that's on the site. You just need to go to theathletic.com forward slash Spurs pod and sign up right now for just £1 a month for those first six months. That's theathletic.com forward slash Spurs pod. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, back again on Monday after Liverpool and bring you that draw for the Champions League knockout rounds. Yes, that is where Spurs are going. Come on, Harry! Come on, Bisu! The Athletic.